Hey guys, my name is John Kim. I'm a licensed therapist and life coach, putting self-betterment into a shot glass. Because let's face it, who's got that much time these days? I come unpolished, unrehearsed, on purpose. If you're looking for more of a wine glass, you've come to the wrong place. I'm doing an extra podcast episode, a series, pulling from one concept of my brand new book until it comes out in the end of January. And this is the first one. This one is called Number Six, Do Starve Your Ego. So my new book is numbered with 66 tips. Um, This is number six. And uh, in this episode, I want to talk to you about ego and the importance of starving it. So first of all, I want to to separate um, ego from stance, right? So uh, ego is... Well, you know what ego is, but ego is is coming from possibly fear, coming from insecurity. Uh, ego is posturing. Ego is this uh, grandiose sense of self, right? And a lot of times when we pull from our egos, um, which I don't think is sustainable, um, it. <laughs> I mean, we, we we may find some kind of meaning or success for a very brief period, but um, when you are always pulling from your ego you will uh, most likely be very lonely. <laughs> you will most likely um, not have a lot of friends. But more importantly, when you pull from ego, you're actually pulling from a false self, not a solid, true self, right? So back in the day um, when I was uh, in the club, restaurant, bar business, everyone had an ego uh, the size of Texas. And what happened, I noticed... Um, was I, I actually, to be honest with you, I actually didn't. And I'm not saying that uh, uh, to, to like brag. Um, I didn't because I wasn't on the forefront. So I was behind the scenes. Um, me and my club promoter had a deal where he was going to front like he owned the restaurant. So I was the 20-something-year-old kid in the back with the dishwashing gloves and making sure that, um, you know, the kitchen was running right. Like, I mean, I, I felt like a busboy, right? And I and everyone was stealing from me, and I had a ton of stress. I was hiding in the office. Um, he, on the other hand, was, uh, you know, um, always flanked with women and and and, and uh, uh, coming in, uh, rolling with uh, crews, and you know, socializing. And 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 granted, that is work too, because you're doing that shit every night, and um, that was his job, right? So. Um, I remember watching <laughs> from the kitchen, like, oh man, I wish I was, I wish we could switch roles. Um, but I, what I noticed was the amount of ego, you know, uh, whether it was the celebrities or the people um, who were coming in, or you know, the thing about the club business, especially if it's like a high end supper club, and you're selling, you know, bottles for six, seven, eight hundred dollars, uh, it promo- it encourages ego, right? It encourages um, a billboard uh, it, it pulls on the part of you that um, is going to uh, perform and posture and uh, present yourself in a way uh, that is um, maybe not your true self because being your true self means that you're not perfect and uh, showing your, your imperfections is terrifying. So uh, showing the polished version of you. It's like uh, putting on a filter if filters existed in, on a, in a three-dimensional real-life uh, way, and then walking around uh, flip, flipping filters and and um, showing only the the the, the best uh, sides of you, right? So uh, that was happening a lot, and so 
what I learned from that is um, there was no substance, you know, the people were hiding, um, people were empty, and there was no like meaning um, in the human exchange. So whether it was conversations or dinners or whatever, um, I mean, I guess you could say in the dancing, they, in the dancing, there was an ego uh, because people were just dancing, having fun, and, and there was there was something about that that was pure and honest. Um, unless people were dancing just to uh, show off, and of course, there's some ego there. But there was uh, a lot of ego, and I noticed that. And then when I fell into becoming a therapist, now I'm thrown into a world where there actually is no ego. I mean, very little, because it's all about um, showing yourself and that you're in a bad place and you need help. And it was really interesting me interesting to me to see the two extremes, right? Like going from the Hollywood club, um, popping bottles and all that, like at the peak of hip hop and the $100,000 cars, like that world, to then just a few years later, working in nonprofit and becoming a therapist and getting thrown into that world. And I noticed the difference in one uh, scenario, or one environment, the uh, club scene, um, there was a lot of ego, and with ego came a lot of walking shells, um, a lot of people being posters, and um, a lot of disconnection, right? Not only to each other, but to themselves. And then in the nonprofit world, there was, with the environment created, people to connect. So there was a lot of connection. So connection not only to people, but connection to uh, yourself. And so one of the things that ego does when you starve it is it allows you to connect to people, right? And in your connection, because we're tribal creatures, you find meaning. So if you, and this is why I think um, people who are um, uh, uh, rich and famous and they're, um, Egos create them to kind of create their own island, uh, become very lonely and, of course, uh, possibly depressed. Um, and then they start, you know, um, coping with uh, substances, etc. Um, when you are starving your ego, when you are checking yourself, um, when you are coming down and doing life with people instead of at people, then you are connecting. And in that connection, there is the beauty of life, right? In that connection, there is love. Um, there is feeling supported and heard. Um, there's that like warm life blanket, right? That human exchange is beautiful. It's like uh, grilled cheese and soup on a rainy day. And not only with other people, but also yourself. So when you uh, check yourself and your ego, then you are um, more able to connect with yourself. And the more you connect with yourself, the more you are authentic, right? The more you become um, uh, confident and secure in who you are, because by connecting to you, you're going to be really showing you. And by showing you, you are telling the world and um, yourself that this is who you are. That you, So you're basically accepting yourself, you know? And this is how you build self-esteem and self-worth. If you don't accept yourself, because your ego is so big and you're just a walking fucking presentation, um, it's very hard to build true self-worth. So, my book is not just for men, but um, since it is a guide for men, I'm not just talking to men, but my book is uh, written for men, so I'm going to say men 
starve your ego. It's, um, it's one of the things that I think um, is a difference between a boy and a man. Um, I think boys posture and boys um, are not aware of their ego. And I think men starve their egos, right? Men are aware of when their ego is inflated uh, and they starve, they starve, they make actually make a, a, a conscious effort to check themselves. So that's number six out of 66 tips from my new book. I used to be a, a miserable fuck. Um, I'm going to give you, uh, and, and listen, I'm not reading from the book, uh, so you have something to read when you buy it or if you want to buy it, but I want to give you um, little snippets uh, of what's inside so then you can choose if you want it or not. Under this category of starving your ego, I give you three, uh, the top three shots for killing your ego, and it's a daily practice. I won't get into it too deep, but one is smashing the scoreboard, uh, focusing less on outcomes, right? Instead, focusing on the process. Number two is destroying your time machine. Your ego does not, your ego only lives in the here and now, right? And then number three, picking purpose over passion. And then I go into that. So I hope you continue to listen to uh, my do's and don'ts every Thursday. And I hope you uh, pick up my book and I believe you'll get something out of it. Um, it's not just the book. It's the movement that um, by buying this book, the, the, what you're supporting is the movement that um, it's okay to have been miserable, you know, um, or if you are miserable now, because I think we live in a world where everyone holds happy high on, on a shelf, um, and especially with social media and, and things like Instagram and Facebook where people are posting um, a lot from ego and presentation, um, this book basically says it's okay to be in a dark place, right? It's okay to be miserable. It just means that you're human. So um, if you buy the book, you're not only buying the book for you to read, you're supporting that message. And that's what um, that's kind of the bigger message that I want to spread with this. Thank you for listening. Be well. Uh, a couple discount codes. Audio courses, Bulletproof Your Relationship, discount code, love hard, all caps. Another audio course, single on purpose, discount co code for me, all caps. You can find them both on my Instagram or on my website, theangrytherapist.com. Hope you have an amazing week. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I hope the dialogue was helpful. Listen, guys, if you want to be a life coach, just go to my website, theangrytherapist.com, and click on Life Coaching Training, and you'll find our Catalyst Intensive. There's only two things you need to be a life coach, a story, which everyone has, and a passion to help others.